Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. We're going to jump into it, okay? Uh, before I get into the, the message, though, I want to share just a, a quick story with you. My sister, Amy, is sitting over here, and just to give you a, a testimony of some things that can change when, uh, when you give your life to Jesus, um, this past week, she went into court, and she was able to have her criminal record expunged, um, and... Uh, And it was, it was a doozy. 26 misdemeanors and seven felonies expunged. Uh, it was part of the Ohio Safe Harbor Act. Um, so if you have like 23 misdemeanors uh, and you're like, hey, I want that, um, you would need to be a part of the Ohio Safe Harbor Act, which is for people who are victims of human trafficking. Um, my sister was a victim of human trafficking by multiple people, and uh, uh, they just, the judge even asked her this past week specifically about, well, what is this charge for uh, this stolen vehicle and uh, un unauthorized use of a debit card or something? Um, she said, oh, that's my brother. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, after I stole his car and used his wife's debit card, uh, then he got a hold of me and he set me up. Um, he said that everything was going to be okay and just to come back to, to my house and we were going to figure it out. And when I got there, the police were waiting for me. <laughs> I did her dirty. She deserved it, she said. But... It's just incredible, they, and the reason why they gave her an expungement uh, if, it, to clear her record out completely now um, is because she's just continued to do good work. She's stayed sober, she's gotten her own apartment, she's got a car, she has a freaking driver's license now. There's so many different things, and um, they just decided that she's one of the people who deserves it for sure. Um, and so now, one, you, of course, if any of you have been to jail, prison, the hardest thing is finding a job after that uh, because of your record. Her record is clean. Um, they act like nothing was ever there. And that is, that's the, uh, yes. That's the thing that, and what I love with that is that's what, that's what Jesus does with us. Whatever our record is, he expunges it. And if anybody goes looking, there's nothing there. You are clean. You are whole. You are good. Um, you are perfect in the eyes of God because of the work that he did for you on the cross. You're expunged. I love that. Today we're going to talk about uh, what it could look like to, to be uncanceled. To be uncanceled. Uh, right now you have to be familiar with cancel culture and just people being canceled over every little thing, anything that pops up. Uh, some people say that we're living in the age of perpetual offense, that we're constantly offended by things, that we're looking for things to be offended by. And a lot of us are quick to judge 
we actually find ourselves falling into this. A lot of us who even complain about it, we find ourselves falling into it where we're quick to judge people, to criticize them, to condemn them, to really just cancel anyone who offends them or somebody else in any way. In the old days, it used to be uh, you just went after like politicians and athletes or um, major business leaders, certain celebrities where you're like, oh, he's in some weird Scientology stuff. Do you see him jump on that chair all crazy? You guys know who I'm talking about? But the crazy thing is now it's like anybody, kids, school teachers, like they say something wrong and a little kid goes home and, and tells mom and this, this teacher is getting canceled after one offense. A person maybe you work with and they were always a great, but you found out HR got a hold of them. They're gone now for something that, they, it, what happened? It doesn't take very much anymore. A single misstatement saying the wrong thing, maybe to the wrong person. Even maybe when you were ignorant about like not saying that term or didn't know that that was offensive. And you maybe had years of integrity, but none of it counts anymore because you had this one dumb thing. It's all out the window. Maybe you have friends that other people think you're not supposed to have. You guys remember when Ellen went to a baseball game with George W. Bush, got in all kinds of trouble? Because they're like, how could you? Because we both like baseball. (laughs) Because I was invited. Maybe somebody that you follow on social media and people find out that you follow that person or that organization or that church or that whatever. And they go, how can you follow them? How can you do that? You should be punished for just following that person. What if you accidentally misclicked and you're... I didn't know I was following them. A lot of them are just petty things um, where, you know, we'll, we'll get mad at somebody because they never comment on our posts. Like, you never comment on my posts. I know you see them. I've had people tell me that before. I'm like, eee. That's why I'm not on Facebook much. And maybe this is a call this, during this time, this era. Maybe it's a call for us to be what the Bible calls above reproach. It might be that time where, you know what? Maybe there, there's supposed to be no dirt to be found. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's a time where, you know, people used to get away with a lot of things. And now it's a time where we're supposed to be above reproach or beyond reproach. Just meaning that, like, people can't find anything on us that we have walked in integrity, that we don't have things to hide, maybe. But maybe we're way, 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 way too harsh on each other. Um, this past year, my, uh, on my, my birthday, I have a friend, Maddie, who she is a gay woman, and she bought me uh, Reds tickets for my birthday and she said uh, I just wanted to go on a mandate with you and I was flattered and I'm like this is okay let's yeah let's go and it was a great time great conversation um, it's it's one of those things where if any of you are in that 
kind of, if, if you're in that scenario at all, it's kind of cool to have a gay friend because there's no, there's no weirdness. I don't have to, we're, my wife doesn't worry about us going to the Reds game. <laughs> like, we're, we're all right. You know what I mean? Uh, but saw a couple different people at the Reds game that I know, and they were, you know, they were cool, they were great people, but it did make me think, what if I saw the wrong person here? What if I saw the wrong person here? And they're like, who's that with you? <laughs> and could take issue with it, because I've had people take issue with me over far, far less than that. If you're a person who's on a continuous search to be offended by something, then you'll always find what you're looking for. You will always find it. And I'm guessing that there are people in this room who are, who are always looking to be offended, and you also are the ones who think, that's not me. That that's not me at all. Well, do you get offended a lot? Do things that people say really bother you? Do you respond negatively to people online about things? Are you upset? Do you white knight? Where it's not even offensive to you, it's offensive to maybe this people group and you have to run and, and, and say, I hate you because you did that thing. Not that I'm offended, but that they might have been. In Romans chapter 12, it says, honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. Honor. A lot, of, a lot of us do not honor ourselves very much. And so this is one of those ones where it's, it's for sure honor above yourselves, but also that you need to be giving honor to yourself. Honor is one of the, the virtues that is really, really um, kind of a thing that we don't really talk about. Um, because it's like, what is honor? A lot of us think that that has something to do with like opening doors for people, um, different things. What is honor? Honor, I believe, is the thing that helps us to cancel, cancel culture. In Mark chapter 6, um, there's a story of Jesus who goes and heals a woman who had uh, been bleeding for 12 years. If you think your periods are bad, 12 years. 12 years. And I can't even imagine how horrible this must have been. Just that it just, it would have been something that, that put, just put a shadow on her whole life. Further on, Jesus keeps on going and he ends up raising a girl from the dead. He raises a girl from the dead whose family went to him and, and were just devastated that, that their daughter had died. He raises this girl from the dead. Now he does these, these things, these incredible miracles and they're heard about all over. It just spreads everywhere and yet Jesus goes to his hometown, Nazareth. This is not his birthplace, but it's the place that he grew up. And there are people who are looking for the Messiah, and yet they don't recognize when he's there in his own town. It says this, that Jesus left that part of the country and he returned with his disciples to Nazareth, 
his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all of this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? And then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas. They're saying, this Jesus? That guy built me a cabinet. That's the one, him? He's the Messiah. And they just, there's no way. It says, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended. They were deeply offended. And they refused to believe in him. And then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. I've experienced that in a major way that um, the people who are closest to you, close people in my family, when I started to follow Jesus, that was an issue. But when I went into ministry, when I became a pastor, that's when it, that's when it flipped all the way. When people said, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? How do you? We know this kid. This kid's not a pastor. We know all the stuff this kid did growing up. We know all the things he stole. We know all the things that, that he got in trouble with, that he was, man, this kid is not a pastor. Who do you think you are in your hometown? It's hard to find honor a lot of times. In Jesus' hometown, he was without honor. Dishonor. Without honor is when you treat something as common or ordinary. That's what it means to dishonor something, just to, to place something in that category of common or ordinary. To honor something is to value it or respect it or them. To highly esteem something, to treat it as precious or weighty or valuable. If you have a piece of art and you put it right above the fireplace... That is a position of honor. That's where we want this painting, this photo, right? This one is, it deserves honor. And the same with people, the same with other things, that uh, this thing is highly esteemed. It means something to me. It's valuable. The things that you dishonor, you treat as common. You, you, people that you dishonor, what is that? There are people that you tear down, people that you criticize, people that you have nothing positive to say about, that you don't smile at, people that you ignore, people that you, you devalue them. The things that you bring to the table lower their value. Dishonor assumes the worst about people. It assumes the worst. Somebody asks you for money walking down the street, somebody's homeless, or maybe they're not homeless, we don't know. They ask us for help, and do we honor them or do we dishonor them? Do we increase value in them or do we remove value from them? Right away, if we have that thing in us, that dishonor to believe the worst in someone, we immediately go, they're just gonna buy booze with it. They're just gonna use it for drugs. They're just going to, the way that our God works is that we're being called to do a certain thing, like help someone. We're judged on whether or not we help them. They're judged on what they do with it. It's not up to us what they do with it. It's not up, up to us to control it. We're judged on what we do. 
A lot of us know how to honor really, really, really well at the beginning of a relationship, right? You start dating someone, man, this is probably peak honor. You start dating someone new and you believe the best of them all the time, right? Like, this guy never lies. Oh my gosh, he has. Just, he's really, really, he's just really smart, he's cute, he's funny. Honor all over the place. Maybe the guy, he goes around the car, he opens the door. Oh, and he's got a gift for her on the, on the seat. He's got a koala squishmallow. <laughs> for me. He's complimenting her all the time. You look so great. Oh, I just you. I love the way you do this. You're so funny. And he takes her out and he wants to show her off. He wants to brag about her. He wants to post photos all over the place. Hashtag true love. And we, we honor each other very well in the beginning. And then maybe you get to the point where you're married. And over time, some of us settle in. And we get kind of too comfortable. And we start to take them for granted. And we start to treat our husband or our wife as ordinary. Just as ordinary. Just like, I don't know, I came home. Hey, what's going on? Uh, how's your husband? Hey, he's fine. What's your wife been doing? Oh, whatever. Stuff she does. And it gets to that boring, ordinary place, really a place of dishonor, where the relationship becomes, what's for dinner? One of you uh, works at home, the other is out in the field somewhere, and they come home, well, what'd you do all day? Maybe you're to that point where you show the dog more respect or more love than her or him. And then... You're the one who says, hey, what do you think? You want some of this tonight? Uh, let me think. Not really. Let me think. Not really. Like, everything has been made ordinary. Everything has been taken for granted. Uh, everything has, has been kind of dishonorable. But now in this moment, we want to try to, try to change things. If you want a special, like, God-honoring marriage, a God-honoring relationship with someone, you have to honor that person above yourself. If you want a common one, a common marriage, common relationship, you start treating each other as ordinary. And when you do, the thing that was once special becomes common. I remember uh, my wife had an experience where she said at one point she was with a, a, a group of women and they just continually were, were bad-mouthing their husbands, just bad-mouthing their husbands. And it was kind of a, it was like that's what the, the group just did always. And that she didn't like it because she was like, I don't, I feel like I'm getting drawn into it. I hate it. It's, and it's just because we're, you're, you're tearing somebody down. You're, you're dishonoring if any of you women in this room are married and you feel like your husband is only half a man, I'm telling you it's probably because you've honored him like half a man. We make a mistake though with this, this honor thing. Um, we make a big mistake where a lot of us think 
uh, well, when you're honorable, once you become honorable, then I'll show you honor. Once you become honorable, I'll show you honor, right? No, that's not what honor is. Respect is earned from people. Respect is earned, but honor is given. Honor is given. When you ascribe honor to somebody, that person often ends up becoming honorable. When you ascribe honor to somebody, that that person can become honorable. Honor builds people up and dishonor tears them down. When people in Nazareth, they saw Jesus, they scoffed. They had nothing positive to say. They were tearing him down the whole time. He's just a carpenter. He's nothing special. He's ordinary. He's that that annoying kid that the teachers love, the know-it-all. And they just, they scoffed. They were offended by him that he thought, who do you think you are? Like, who do you think you are? Looking for reasons to be offended. It's the same kind of thing today. So who are the people that we're called to honor? Who are we called to honor? First and foremost, we, gotta, we have to honor God. Um, we have to honor God. Proverbs 3.9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all crops. That we honor God with our wealth, that's when we're giving an offering together. It's a way that we can honor him to say, I'm putting you in a position of honor. I'm trying to make sure that you know, God, that I value you, that I value the work that was done on the cross, that I value the church. We can honor God with our bodies, that some of you squirmed right now when I said that. You can honor God with your bodies, not giving them away like they're ordinary, not giving them away like it's common, like treating it honorably. We're called to honor our parents. In Exodus, it calls us to honor our parents. Honor your mother and your father. Every one of us in this room has stuff against our moms and dads. Honor your mother and father. It's not what they earn. It's what you give to them. I always think it's weird when they... um, when I go to people's houses, maybe they have kids and their, their kids um, say things like, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. I'm like, mm, that's a little formal. But it's kind of interesting because I know something, something honorable is going on in that household. Um, if you have kids and you think that your kids are, um, you know, we're called to honor people like our boss at work that we give them, you know, they have authority over us. We're, we're supposed to honor police officers. It's not what these people earn, it's what we give to them. And for your kids, like, if you think that your kids are going to honor a boss at some point, but they don't honor you, mm, they're going to be in trouble when they go to work. People in authority... Over the years, I'm sure you like some leaders more than others. You might disagree with them. You might hate the way they do certain things. But if they are someone who's in authority over you, you're called to honor them. You can disagree with people without dishonoring them. 
Called to honor pastors and spiritual leaders. Amen. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> First Timothy, it says to, to honor your pastors, spiritual leaders. Why does honor matter? It's not just because it's the right thing to do. It's because dishonor actually hurts you. Dishonor hurts you and it hurts other people. Mark chapter 6, it says, Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Like, this is it. All I can do is just... He was wanting to do big. He was wanting to do big stuff. But it says he couldn't do any miracles there. It was like, you guys have seen it. Like, what, whatever you want to look at it is fairy dust being sprinkled on somebody. That, huh, it wore out. I don't have it anymore. What doesn't he have anymore? Honor. And so without honor, he's not able to do the things that he was meant to do. Without honor, we're not able to do the things we're meant to do. It doesn't say that he would not do miracles. It says he could not. He had just healed a woman. He had just raised a dead girl to life. But all of a sudden, he can't do miracles there. Um, that lack of honor limited Jesus with what he could do. The blessings that he wanted to give out, he wasn't able to give. Romans 12 says, honor one another above yourselves. In the ESV version, it says, outdo one another in showing honor. This means like with, when you're at dinner with people, um, we went to dinner with a, a, a couple on Friday night at the, the W Bar and Bistro, would recommend, very good. And we fought over the check. You fight over the check. You have a check battle going back and forth to see who can pay. You try to outdo one another in showing honor. You want to have a great marriage, you, you try to outdo one another. Try to esteem her or him. Try to outserve them. Try to love them more. I love you more. No, I love you more. Matthew 15 says, These people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They're far from me. This is giving God lip service, like where we say, oh yeah, I'm a believer, like, but do you honor Jesus? Do you give him honor? Do you just start treating God as familiar or common or ordinary? One of the things I, I, I don't like is when people say, the big guy in the sky, that kind of stuff. Like, Jesus is my homeboy. He ain't my homeboy. He's not common. He's not ordinary. He's not the same as me. He's the risen and soon returning, conquering king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the prince of peace. Like, he's, he's that. He's the lion of Judah. He's the lamb of God. He is not my homeboy. He's my redeemer. He's my savior. Jesus is my Lord. He's not somebody who just deserves to be common, and hey, I am Jesus, you know. When we honor God, when we are honorable to Jesus, um, that's one of the ways that we honor people. 
that we honor people because we're able to recognize that his name is on them, that his name is on them. And so if you normally have a certain knee-jerk reaction to people or you have something against them, to be able to see and remember that the name of Jesus is on that person. You say, well, I honor Jesus, and so I have to give them the same. I have to try to make them more. I have to try to speak certain things into existence for them. You know, we just had a, a conversation in the, in the lobby earlier with a friend that um, we said, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. And, or, yeah, I think I'm pretty good. Uh, and, well, sometimes I, gotta, sometimes I have to tell myself I'm, I'm okay even if I'm not. Sometimes I have to um, get myself into that place where, you know, in the recovery community, they say, fake it till you make it, where you have to start doing, one of the ways that I honor Jesus, this is going to sound very strange, so bear with me, don't attack me yet, I do not believe everything that I say up here. I do not believe everything that I say up here. But what I've done is I've made a conscious decision that everything Jesus says is true. And so some of the, I, sometimes, even if I'm struggling with it, even if I don't understand it, even if maybe I've never experienced it, even if I have, have issues with, is that really true? I don't know how that, I've made a conscious decision that everything Jesus says is true. And so I'm going to honor him by walking in it as if it is true. And what's happened over time with me again and again and again, fake it till you make it, all of a sudden this thing becomes true that I didn't get before. And I was able to step into it. And so there are still certain things that I talk about up here that I don't believe yet. But I trust that it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen because it keeps happening. It just keeps happening. You are not common or ordinary. You bear the name of Jesus. You're not common or ordinary. And so if you just think like I, also some of you are punishing yourselves for things that you did, ways that you hurt people, ways that you screwed it up, however you blew it and you're just punishing yourself for it. You think you're not good enough. You're not as cute as this person on Instagram. You're not this, that, whatever. You're punishing yourself. You need to be reminded that you are not common or ordinary. You are not to be punished. You bear the name of Jesus. And you need to be giving yourself honor. Speaking of Babe Ruth... He's uh, probably considered the greatest home run hitter of all time, um, at least that was not on the juice. Um, Babe Ruth, known as the Great Bambino, one of the things that he did throughout his baseball career is uh, he signed tons and tons and tons of baseballs for people. These baseballs, uh, I'm a, a big collector of baseball cards and different memorabilia stuff. I would never, ever be able to get my hands on a Babe Ruth baseball. Uh, they're, they're very expensive. The thing that is way more expensive than them would be an autographed baseball bat uh, signed by Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth uh, only signed seven bats that are known about, seven baseball bats. Um, there were six of them that were accounted for, for for a long time, but one of them had vanished for decades. Uh, 
This signed bat resurfaced in 2006, and it was the bat that was used to hit a home run in 1923 that was given away as a part of a home run contest uh, for the Yankees. In 1988, a man who was sick on his deathbed, who had no living relatives, uh, no, no friends, but he had a, a signed Babe Ruth bat. Um, he ended up having a, a nurse named Marsha who was with him at the end of his life and into hospice care and saw him through his final minutes. He ended up giving this prized bat to Marsha, to the nurse Marsha. Um, for the next 18 years, she ended up just keeping this bat underneath of her bed in case anybody broke in. <laughs> she ended up retiring from her nursing job because she had this dream of opening a restaurant. But she didn't have enough money to do it. She started selling things uh, in her home, different belongings. She got rid of a car. Uh, just trying to get money together to open this restaurant. As she's selling things, she thought of that bat. She takes it to a local memorabilia shop, shop and they like faint when they see it. And they end up verifying that this is the missing Babe Ruth bat. Um, and that year, uh, she auctioned it off. It sold for $1.3 million. Um, and so she used a portion of that to start her restaurant and then she donated the rest of it to a foundation that Babe Ruth had set up for children. It says, the bat was only valuable because Babe Ruth's name was on it. Since he made it valuable, the only reasonable thing I could do was something that would honor his life. The bat was only valuable because his name was on it. Otherwise, it's a, man, it's a glorified stick. It's only valuable because his name is on it. If you're a Christian... The thing that makes you valuable is the name of Christ Jesus that's on you. Amen. Otherwise, you're just ordinary. Otherwise, you would be just, maybe you would be punishable. Maybe you would be um, regular and not special. But because you're a believer, the name of Jesus is on you. And the only reasonable response that we have is to try to live in a life that is honorable to him. How do we honor Jesus he says that we honor other people above ourselves. That's how we do it. One of the things that you can do is declare a spirit of honor in your home, in your marriage, with your children, a spirit of honor. Declare it. Write it above doorways in your house. Put it on a big sticky note on your mirror in the bathroom. Honor. Honor them. Honor my home. Honor myself, honor my kids, honor my husband. Declare a spirit of honor. Make a decision to build people up, like to add value to people, not take it away. How many of you realize that you just, you remove value from people when you talk to them? That's a painful realization. And I know I've done it many times where somebody has a conversation with me and they leave worse. That is horrible. I, I, can't, I can't stand if that happens to me. What if we made a decision to build people up and to add value to them, whoever they are, 
Just to say, you know, <laughs> if you come across someone homeless on the street and they ask for money and you don't have anything, you can say, I don't have anything on me, but uh, do you need a hug? Man, I've given a bunch of hugs out to homeless people. Uh, or just to, to sit there and talk and say, man, I hope, stay safe, stay safe out there. Um, I hate what you're going through, but I, I'm going to pray that you get through it all the way. What if you're that voice of encouragement to people? You build them up instead of tear them down. That's what we're called to do. Let's pray about it. God, we thank you for just your upside-down kingdom, that whatever's going on in the world, uh, we're able to exist in a completely different atmosphere because of your kingdom. And we just want it. We want more of it. We want more of it to break through throughout the west side here, throughout our homes, throughout this state, this country. Yeah, that you're your kingdom would just break through more and more and that we would be a spiritual hotspot here where anybody that comes in, that we add value to them, that we speak life into them, that we give them hope, that we build them up, that we believe the best about them when we see them. that we give them honor, we put them in a position of value, we put them in that place where we're just recognizing that that person is valuable because they have the name of Jesus on them. That person is valuable because maybe they don't have that name on them yet, but they're on their way. Just that we remember we would ne we've, never, we've never seen another person that you didn't die for. And everyone in this room, just the reminder right now that if no one else existed in the world, that if it was just you, he would have died for you. Because he said you are valuable, you're worth it. And he honored you. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for a countercultural way of doing things. We pray that we're people who are able to do uncanceling. That we're people who are not offended by things. That as believers, we're the toughest people on planet Earth. Thank you, Lord. We pray in your name because your name brings value. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Hey, I hope to see you soon. Um, you guys be good. Have a good week. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.